Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Listen, life could be a bit blur, a bit miserable, a bit dark. So as usual, we're here to bring you a little bit of light, a little bit of joy. And I reckon today, a little bit of confusion because my brain's gone full ADHD. Someone whose brain is working, thankfully, is Stu. How are you doing, Stu? It's working as well as it normally does, which is about, I don't know, about 80% of normal, like to what other people would consider to be normal, I think. Um, but, you know, that's my figure. They'll probably say it's working at like 10% of what a normal person's brain does. But, you know, we're all weird. And I hate so to imagine that's what fine. mine's working at, in all fairness. Um, I've had one, I've had a, one of those, see, look, even now I'm fidgeting with stuff. And I've got, um, yeah, full on ADHD. He's showing its head voice. Voice, I don't know. I don't say ADHD day, uh, where it's just completely obvious and yeah. everything. My brain is everywhere. So, um, yeah, it's really weird. And is there any, is there anything that sort of triggers that, or, or does it just come on randomly? Know. I don't know. Obviously, back in the past, if I was having days like this before I realised what was what. It would just knock me and sort of like, oh, Brad, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're pathetic, and why do you keep getting things wrong, and no wonder people are having a go at you and stuff like that. Whereas now, I'm just like, okay, this is a thing, it happens. Um, but weirdly, even though see, even though I know I've got ADHD and, I'm aut- and I've got autism as well, I still can't let myself fully embrace it because I haven't got that bit of paper that says I've got it, which is so stupid, but yes. I can't. Because if someone challenged me on it, I haven't got the proof. So I need the proof. And no, I don't need the proof because anyone who's met me can go, yeah. I, I totally know what you mean, though. It is very different because I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, a friend of mine, Bob, who I used to work with, um, his wife had some uh, Sorry, severe... Is that, a, is that an actual person called Bob or are we just calling him Bob to protect identities? Because it sounds like a protected identity name. <laughs> It does, but I actually know that's his proper name. Okay, fair enough. Um, but I won't tell you. I won't tell you their. Uh, <laughs> I won't tell you their partner's name. But their partner had, you know, some some severe issues that were, you know, really stopping them doing things in their daily life. Yeah. And they thought that they had some sort of, you know, ADHD or, you know, autism or ASD, and they needed some sort of a diagnosis. Anyway, it turns out that. I can't even remember the name of it. It's a really unusual sort of, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it was an unusual diagnosis and it took lots and lots of different specialists looking at it before they actually got one. It took about two years. Um, so that's all really just to say that, yeah, you know, it's it's you could say that it's obvious that you have ADHD, but at the same time, it could be something slightly different or it could be something more. Yeah. You know, it's until you get that bit of paper, you can't be 100% confident, can you? No, no, not at all. But it's like, again, it's mental illness. It shows, or, or mental conditions. It shows that we're still so far behind because if someone's broken their leg and their leg's in the wrong direction, you don't go, well, you know, it, the signs are there. But where's the proof? You, have, you know, doctor hasn't yeah. seen it yet and told yeah. you you've got a broken leg. And you're like, my leg's going in three different directions. Yeah, but, you know, uh, whereas anything to do with the brain, everyone goes, yeah, really? Are you sure? I know, I know. It's just treated like it doesn't really matter and that kind of get over it mentality. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I literally, like last two days ago, I literally cried over spilt milk. Ah, and it's so just that, like, yeah. 
it, you know, I just had a breakdown. I, it, it was triggered because I was trying to do something normal, um, like get something out of a fridge, um, which people who obviously know me know that could be an issue because I'm partially sighted and I'm still learning to adjust. But yep. I, was, I was having a few good days. I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and do some more bits for myself. So I tried to get literally a chocolate eclair out the fridge. And um, the door on our fridge, there's the little plastic bit that you hold the drink, like the drinks in, is, is broken. Um, and it falls out if you put too much in it or you open the fridge too hard and stuff like yeah. we got used to it. But I've done it and that yeah. fell out. And as I tried to stop it, I grabbed the milk and knocked the milk down and that like spilt a little bit and I was okay picked it up put it on the side picked something else up put it on the side knocked the milk down again and it just went everywhere and I just oh. lost it with myself because it's like okay it's a perfectly normal thing to do if you can't see you're gonna make mistakes and stuff like that but I was just like you're stupid Brad you're stupid Brad you're stupid Brad you're pathetic and it's just it, all those things just hit you um yeah. and it's just you know it's that was a physical thing that caused that. Not that wasn't to do with me like being ADHD, but my ADHD brain went, "You're pathetic," and yeah. basically spent its entire time mocking me. So I, I, I cried, and it's just stupid. It feels so stupid, but we are ashamed of anything like that as humans, and it's it's just it's wrong to be ashamed of stuff like that um, because yeah. we all have visceral reactions to silly little things sometimes. Yeah, we totally do. We totally do. And it's totally valid to do that. And one of the things that um, really, I don't know if it really upsets me, but it's certainly been more in my mind of this thing <clears throat> described to me as childism, which is treating children, and I'm getting somewhere with this, I promise, mm -hmm. but treating children as if they're not functioning individuals, have it treating them as a child and child as a package yeah. Um, not giving them like individuality so stuff like not allowing them to eat or drink when they want when they're in school and not go to the toilet when they need to you know without it being controlled by somebody else all these things that we take as normal because they've become part of the school system but they're actually not normal at all and one of those things is being punished for making mistakes and getting upset with yourself because you're used to being punished or you're expecting an authority figure to punish you for it. And it's horrible. It's, it's, I mean, obviously you shouldn't go around just smashing stuff because you're being careless, but people don't do that. People with decent proprioception don't do that, but people without decent proprioception do have that problem. That's the problem where there's, there's these things, interoception and proprioception, which are how you control your body, like how you feel and control things internally, like, you know, whether you need to eat, whether you need to go to the toilet, and proprioception, which is how you control the external things, like how your, your limbs move. And mm. some people don't have that level of control. And they will have, well, by a lot of the time, by teachers, have been criticised for this, and it will cause a lot of mental anguish. And just simply being told this stuff exists makes it so much easier uh, to not be frustrated and upset with yourself. But if you've learned that lesson in childhood, you bring it through to adulthood and you're always going to blame yourself. So I totally understand that. And I, I feel bad for you that it, that it happened as well. Yeah. And the, prob the problem comes, this is a lot heavier than what I was expecting the opening to be, but there you go. Um, the problem is you then pass that on to your kids and younger generations because it's all you know and i i do it you know I'm, I'm, i feel really bad that i will do it to like lucas he'll make a mistake and i'll have a go at him for it um and then i feel bad because i've had a go at him and i was like i shouldn't have done that 
And I don't know how to then retract that without, because if I start just apologising for everything, he'll just, you know, he's, he's a teenager, he'll, he'll give me more rope to hang myself with. Um, whilst tightening the noose at the same time. I've mixed up my <laughs> analogies there. Um, That's and, and um it's yeah, it's one of those things to try you know, it's so difficult to not pass on. It's why it's sort of like you can't expect sweeping change at an instant. So the whole like trans debate and everything at the moment. Um it's yep, I you know, we've got to make the stands, we've got to stand up and fight to make sure that our friends and people we love and care about are given the respect they deserve. But at the same time, I, I've seen a lot of people who have gone over the top, I would say, and I'm not going to say they're wrong. This is just in my opinion, that have gone over the top in the whole, if you buy this game, you're supporting turfs. I'm like, you're not. No no one is supporting turfs if they buy this game. Um now, that's not to say people who buy this game, there aren't some who do support Turfs and have that view, but not everyone who buys this game is supporting Turfs, and that's not going to help the argument at all. That's not going to help yeah. where we stand. And it's why I've taken the attitude of, look, you could buy the game, you can enjoy it, you have no judgment from me. However, I can't call you an ally. Um, I, think, I can't remember if I said it to you last week on the podcast yeah. or if I said yeah. it to low. It's like going to Anfield, seeing justice for the 97, and then walking down the road and buying the sub. You, you know, you yeah. can't do that and consider yourself an ally to the cause. You might support the cause, but you're not willing to put yourself out for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've got Apple products. No, I haven't, actually. My family, if somebody, people in my family have Apple products, but I've got a Samsung phone. I dare say, you know, they're not clean. I tell you what, I've, I've got an Xbox. I've got, you know, a Steam Deck, you know, who's probably made by, you know, it's probably made by some parts from a, company that's a sweatshop in some part of Asia. Um, you know, you can't take that stand. No one wants you to take a stand against everything. You just you have got to pick and choose, but you can't have sweeping change because you've got to pass it down. Racism isn't eradicated. It may well be eradicated in the future. And it's not perfect. And there is a lot of racism, but I tell you what, there's a lot less racism than there used to be. And I dare say things like slavery won't make a comeback in the way it used to be. Now, I'm not saying there aren't modern slaves, there are modern slaves, and that's a whole other debate. But what we consider slavery, which is rounding up black people, putting them in a boat and sending them over to the America, that's not going to happen again. Um, at least you would hope. But that came through years of change, not just someone's decided and that's it. Um, so, yeah. On the plus side, John Cleese is trying to bring back 40 Towers because... He believes he's been cancelled by the woke left and wants to bring back 40 Towers. That's going to be a car crash, too. I know. We, we talked about um, we talked about him before. <laughs> he's one of those who goes, oh, I'm being cancelled, he says, on radio and on his own dedicated TV show and on Twitter and yeah. on all the other social medias and this platform and that platform. And, it's and just on like, this morning, and on BBC yeah, News. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely um, ridiculous. Now, do and, you think John Cleese will remember that the reason 40 Towers was funny was that Basil Fawlty was the butt of all the jokes? No. Or do you reckon he's going to turn it into he's a nasty old fucker? I think he's going to do it so that he transforms Faulty into what he sees, what Cleese <laughs> thinks 
is a relatable character, i.e., yes, he's frustrated, but he's only frustrated because he's entirely in the right, like yeah. all <laughs> elderly white boomers think. That's what it will be. It's going to be dreadful, but I can't wait oh, to God, watch yeah. it. It'll be a car crash. I don't <laughs> yeah. mind watching it, but I will not pay for it in any way or form. It'll no, be, no, if it'll it's on be the, pirated. If, if it's on the BBC or something, then I'll stick it on there. Um, yeah, I'm not. If it's on something I already own, is where I'll go. I don't think I'd even go out my way to watch it. No. Um, no. But, yeah. It's, I mean, some 40 Towers, it's funny still. It's, you know, it's aged like sour milk, most of it. But... Yep. It's also funny because he is the joke. When you look at it from a new lens, now you kind of go, yeah, Basil Fawlty is the joke. He's the one who's out of touch and wrong. And, but yeah, I can't, that's going to be fun to watch. What I like, and we're really going massively off topic here. But I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I've got I've got practically nothing. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Um, is how when there's comedians like when there's groups of comedians who become a big thing it doesn't matter whether it's you know saturday night live or whether it's you know the the new anarchic comics of the early 80s or whether yeah. it's the the surrealists from the 60s there's always the ones there are there are never like overtly right wing ones because it, it puts them off but there are middle ground sociopathic types not necessarily sociopaths, but, you know, they're a middle ground kind of, they're bandwagon jumpers alongside the lefties who don't really have any belief. They just, they're in it for themselves. And Cleese yeah. is one of those. So yeah. he was quite happy to be on, you know, uh, uh, what was it called? At last, the 1943 show or whatever it was called. Yeah. And stuff like that. And he did bits on... Um, that was the week that was, and stuff like that. And he was happy to pillory the right and the establishment. But it was only because he personally got impacted by them, and you get a yeah. lot like that. Ben Elton is another traitor. Um, mm. He he did all that with the, with the alternative comics. Yeah, he just went. He, he just coasted along. Yeah, he just coasted along with them because he knew it would make him money. Uh, to the exact opposite of Alexi Sale, who is still as left as you can get. I yep. fucking love that man. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, so that was just an aside to say, you know, always mistrust any of these anarchists, so-called, because they can just be bandwagon jumping. Yes. And but, do, you know, do you know what? Like, he's well-spoken, and it still bugs me that he's well-spoken because it really messes with my head because of who he's played in the past. But yeah. is the right side of politics like, like he's, it, when I say he's the right side of politics he's on the left um, yeah he's on the, <laughs> the right side. side is the left side yeah, yeah. Um, is Aid Edmondson yes yeah that's what it what a he's funny. kind lovely yeah. guy also I didn't realise he was married to Jennifer Saunders I know he's been they've been married for like I know 30 years or something it's amazing I know. Um, and when you consider some of their comedy from the past and stuff like that, he, he's managed to go, do you know what? Some of my stuff in the past was was good for the time, isn't great now. And he's done with it and has moved on. Um, it's the same with the likes of, it's just that, that whole group, you know, you've got um, uh, Jennifer Saunders herself, uh, you've got um, Dolph French, bizarrely Lenny yeah. Henry's more right than I thought he would be, but there you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's he's very establishment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Dawn French is you know she, she she knows where she is, and it's some of them like the modern comedians. It's you know I, I I've really considered who I follow comedian wise. It's like Ricky Gervais let me down. Um, 
And it's weird to think he's actually of that old establishment by the fact he's in his 60s. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense why he's um, a bit out of touch. You don't imagine him being that old. Um, no. no. But, you know, the likes of your James Acasters, people will mock them, say they're not all that funny, some of these modern comedians. <laughs> no, what you mean is they're not racist and xenophobic and, and all that, and you don't not like that comedian. Yeah. You know, you, you <laughs> yeah. want every comedian to be a bit Jim Davidson. Yeah, no, that's done. Yes, absolutely. I, I'd read a thing. Somebody was talking about the differences in generations and what they said was that, that uh, boomers, particularly, their comedy is about um, the outsider. Mm. So it, they, they take the piss out of the outsider. Anything that they deem to be not part of their group is the thing that they, they take the piss out of. Whereas, you know, Generation X, like us, is like it's always the establishment. Um, yes. Whether the, whether they are good or not, they will always take the piss out of the establishment. Um, so it doesn't matter if they're left. If Labour were in power, and the alternatives of the day would still take the piss out of them. Whereas modern comedians st- tend to stay more away from politics. There are political comedians, but it's more about them. It's about taking the piss out of themselves. Yeah. So very different generationally, but yeah, boomers are, uh, yeah, not the greatest. But I think we should probably move on to talking about video well, games. Do you know what else has generations? Oh, um, yeah, look at that. That, that nice, works. All right, nice. no, video games. I'm doing the Segway bumper for that one. Okay. Segway! 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 Um, so, Shu, tell me. What generation of video game have you been playing? Well, I've only been playing modern games this week. A great big bunch of them, some of which we'll talk about in a separate episode. But the only one that I've been playing this week that isn't part of that thing that we're going to talk about in a special episode is the game that you were playing. We're not hiding. It's not a surprise. We've got a special episode talking about Steam Next Fest. I don't know why Stu's been so cryptic. I don't know, I was trying to tee you up a little bit, which you've actually teed <laughs> off, so that's good. There you go. Um, but I've been playing what you played last week, The Last Campfire. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's, it's all right. I'm not as over the moon right. with it as you. Yeah. Yeah, but to be um, honest, when it comes to games, I have a visceral reaction to games that other people don't, so that doesn't surprise me. It's true, and so do I about totally different games. Everybody, uh, you know, there are people who are like, oh, God, this 4X game, I've not been able to sleep, it's so good. And I'm like what but um yeah so australians yeah. wouldn't give it anyway so <laughs> oh jeez oh my god um <laughs> but yes uh, so i've been playing the last campfire and i i like it it's nice um i, I don't think it's brilliant i i the thing is it's like as i've been banging on for ages about the thing that i have trouble with is is bit like building up games to be larger than they should be through artificial means mm. and you know i played some games like when i was on holiday was that only last week god that yes feels it was like, only last week it yes. feels like decades ago already. that's because you've been on the podcast for 15 minutes with me so we've not even got <laughs> half the intro so you know i can understand yeah yeah you know you know uh like when people go into like black holes and then they come out the other end and completely changed that's what it's like changed the light bulb but yeah but um yeah so it's kind of, it's really nice, but I find that a lot of games are padded, and I don't think they're intentionally padded. I think it's just the way that games are constructed these days. And I was playing a load of 
stuff last week, sort of briefly, just to test out some stuff and test out old hardware, as people won't be surprised to hear. And I was playing a lot of Final Burn Alpha, which is an emulator, and I was playing a lot of arcade games. And I played through like 1941, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, uh, a bunch of other stuff as well. And yeah, okay, they're totally different games, but there's there's no padding. And what I'll do to back up my argument is use a modern example, and that is an entire company called Nintendo, who also, in their first-party games, do not do unnecessary padding. Now, where I'm going with this is it's a very direct comparison. The gameplay in The Last Campfire is similar to, quite similar to, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. But mm. with that game, you get a 10, 15 second intro, perhaps, especially to like the boss levels, and that is it. And then you are in it. And it tells all of its story, like its environment and its characteristics and everything else through gameplay, through environmental cues, through character interactions, through the way that characters move. It's like a cartoon. And yes, as I always say whenever I bring up Nintendo, comparing other companies to Nintendo is always going to bring them up short, especially Mm -hmm. if you're talking about quick, arcadey, modern experiences. But it's something that a lot of things could learn from. And from the last campfire, I felt that like... It's, it's one of those that is absolutely fine when you're going, okay, I've got to walk from this area to the next because that's where the next puzzle is. But that isn't the end of it in games because you have to come back and do other things and then go back again. And you're spending so much of your, not you know, not masses of time. It's probably a five-hour game in total. But you're spending, like, what should be quality game time just wandering around a level and I'm not sure that that's really necessary. And I think also games like Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, Last Guardian, those three games, they get it right as well. Because when you are traversing, it's all new stuff and it's all very, very different. And these smaller indies are padding, but they're not making it varied enough. So it's a good game. The mechanics are good. I enjoy doing the puzzles. But there's so much just wandering around that it doesn't make me feel relaxed. It makes me feel tense because there's no gameplay in it. Oh, okay. Well, you're wrong and we're not friends anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, I, I said about visceral, <laughs> visceral reactions to stuff, and yeah, that's it. We're done. Podcast over. Well, it's been a nice run, etc. It's, it's been a couple of years. <laughs> We've done pretty well. But <laughs> no, I do get visceral reactions. And, and like, I'm overstating the case because I get passionate and you know, it just makes it seem like too much. But I think it's because I want to just be... I want to make sure that people understand the emphasis and, and that there are different ways of doing things. And of course, I'm overstating it. And people will find comfort and relaxation in those bits of moving between them but my personal emotional reaction is not that it's frustration it's like i'm seeing the same things over and over again and i get it yeah that repetition doesn't make me comfortable i do get it but for me and this is why it really stood out to me why i liked it the the narration of it was just outstanding like the narration of the characterization that going on there was absolutely outstanding and those moments of peace between puzzles and even backtracking on yourself and seeing how the world's changed or remembering that you could go somewhere else, that, it just spoke to me in a certain way. Yeah. And I've heard other people say, like, with, with your, not even complaints, but your your thoughts on it, that there was a bit too much 
walking back and forth and stuff like that where it wasn't needed. And yeah, I get it. I, I, I do get it. But for me, that did allow me that downtime. Uh, well, otherwise, my main fear, it's one of the reasons I struggled a bit with Captain Toad, actually, that it was there was no payoff to a degree. It was kind of yeah. like, level's done, yeah. off you go. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And it yeah. felt like I needed something else there. Not, I mean, I don't want, like, Assassin's Creed level of padding or anything like that. Uh, no one wants that. Uh, but I... Looking now at Captain Toad and looking at this, this linked the puzzles together in a way that I could relate to, that I couldn't do in Captain Toad. And I think Captain yeah. Toad is a brilliant game, but it lacked that little something that made it feel like it was an experimental game that would become something else later down the line. A uh, bit like yeah. how the original Portal was to Portal 2. Uh, bizarrely, I preferred the original Portal, which was puzzle, 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 puzzle. In a way. Um, so it's almost hypocritical, my thoughts on Portal to Portal 2. But for this, it felt like this was experimental Captain Toad and needed something. Whereas the last campfire was what I wanted from Captain Toad. And yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I, I think you, you're right. I think for a lot of people, it's a very good game. It's not th the most amazing game. I, I, I will, I will give you that one, I think. Well, no, that's great. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where neither of us are right and neither of us are wrong. It's just how you Apart from interact right. with this stuff. Um, and in fact, <laughs> you are. You're saying you're right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> you're always right. Um, I'm happy to be completely wrong. I, I, it, it makes me feel, it makes me feel happy to know that you know people ha engage with these things the way they should be because there's a lot of beauty in the game and it's if you if you connect with that peacefulness. Um, then it becomes restful and it becomes the thing that you want from the game. Um, I don't know. I'm always looking for tension in games, I think. I think that's one of the mm. things. I, I really like games that are uncomfortable, um, which sounds weird, but think about Shadow of the Colossus. It's like when, you, when you're when you on... Ah, what's it called? Ah, ah the, the horse. Ah, something. Oh, well, doesn't matter. But when you're on the horse and you're going around... I'm getting never-ended story now, so... I'm, <laughs> no, you've lost me. Carry on. Go on. I know the game and I know what you're talking about, but now I'm thinking that's Ar the name of the Argo. horse. Did. Argo. I think that's what he's called. Argo. Is that not what he's called in never-ended story? No. He's <laughs> what he's called in Shadow of the Glosses. What's he called in never-ended story? Oh, you, you I talk. I have no idea. Um, so when you're, going on the, when, you're, when you're riding around on the horse and you're approaching a new area, for example, all the architecture and the atmosphere... Artax. Artax. Okay. That's never ended story. Gotcha. Right. Carry on. So uh, when you're doing all that navigation, it, it's bringing in a kind of quiet tension because it's because it's bleak for an empty for a reason. And then when you approach something new, that brings in even more tension because it's like, where is this thing? How much damage can it do to me? All of that kind of thing. Um, and I like that. And I like that in like what I think is the gold standard of narrative-driven games, which is Half-Life 2, which is exactly the same. It's all kind of like any area that you're traversing is, is just increases the level of tension to the point where you want action so that you can release that tension. Um, and that doesn't make me right. It's just that's what I want. So relaxing games, I conversely, in a very strange way, find quite tense. Yes. No, I'm with you. Part of that, I'm not going to lie, you could have called me anything you wanted, said anything you wanted. 
all I was doing was humming the uh, never-ended story theme in my head. I do apologise. <laughs> it really is an ADHD day. Yeah, yeah that's, it that's really fine. is. That was uh, right. And now oh, he's got the. I've got a picture, a gif of him trying to pull our our, our tax out of the uh, the swamp. Oh, you, did you? Uh, that that made me cry. I, I'm not the most empathetic person. That did make me cry, as it probably did anyone who watched it. Yeah, I was lucky. I never saw that as a kid. Uh, did you not? So yeah, the acting <laughs> of the, boy. the the acting of the the kid who played the Triulo in that. Oh God, that is, he deserves an Oscar now for it. Give him an Oscar because that was the most amazing reaction. It's like it's as though they didn't tell him he was acting and that horse was gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah, the yeah, it was the eighties. So yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it was the eighties. <laughs> he just went, yeah. oh no. Oh no, yeah. Frankie! I can't remember who, who, who he was. Uh, oh, oh, you better save that horse. He's gonna die. <laughs> I know, bloody hell! Uh, the, the things they put kids through, but you know, after making him bond ago. with it for three years before the start of the film, yeah. like, like no, wanted to get that yeah. proper react method yeah. acting action. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it. I mean, it's okay when it's Stanley Kubrick, but <laughs> when it's yeah. some kids' film, you know. Oh god, it's yeah, that's. I'm going to have to dig that so out and watch that, see if I can make Edith cry. <laughs> I think you'll succeed. Yes. But, yeah, no, I, I do. I, I agree with you. It's I, I depends on what mood I'm in as to what I want from the game. Um, and I think I was definitely in a mood when I played it of um, I want a short game that I can get through to feel like I've achieved something, but ones that felt like they was offering something up at the same time and I think that fell right in my wheelhouse yeah 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 sweet yeah good stuff so moving on um, a complete opposite end of the scale I've now decided that I need to do jobs I need real jobs um, so I've become a car mechanic I've become a uh, a cleaner and I've started repairing PCs too Amazing. I know. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I've been playing video games on my Steam Deck, Stu. Sorry. Ah. It's very hard. Those those lines are blurred sometimes. Um, yeah, Carbon Mechanic Simulator 21. I've been playing that a lot. Um, because I always dismissed it as one of those crappy simulator games because you've got some good simulator games, then you've got crap simulator games. And I always had Car Mechanic Simulator down as one of the crap ones. Um, and to tell you what, it's bloody well not. Um, so it's, it's just really good. You get given like, oh, it, as all these simulator games start, is your uncle's dead um, and he's left you the business. All of them seem to start with that. Um, if someone can yeah. tell me otherwise, let me know. But they always seem to start with a letter from your uncle. Um, and he gives you the garage. Uh, and you go, oh, I just heard your uncle's giving you the garage. Here's a car I want you to fix. You're like, oh, okay, so you fix the car. That's a tutorial. Um, and then you kind of have to build up the business by fixing more cars. Um, how he's had a business for so long when it, you need to still buy all the upgrades is beyond me. But anyway, <laughs> you, so then you can buy upgrades to expand it, uh, do other things and stuff like that. You get more complicated cars to fix. And... Fixing cars could take, like, you'll get, like, there's these things called story cars that come in, and they're, like, they're like actual, like, they progress the game, um, give you lots of money to upgrade and stuff like that, and then you get little individual ones where someone might come in and go, oh, I need an oil change, and you've got to change the oil, or, oh, there's a bit of a rattling sound, so you might need to just change, like, change, uh, you know, uh, something in the suspension or change the brake discs. They're basically various different levels of what needs to be done and what money you can get. 
And it can take anywhere between five minutes to a couple of hours. And it's brilliant. Yeah. It's just brilliant. I, I just absolutely adore it. Um, I've learned things about cars I didn't think I'd ever learn. Um, obviously, I've learned that if I want to completely strip an engine and like fix like my partner's car, all I need to do is open it up, look at it, point to the highlighted bits, and they will <laughs> unscrew themselves and everything. And it'll tell me what to put things back in the right order. Um, but, but it's just, it's honestly, but I'm learning things about where things are in cars and what they actually do. And it's, it's just really cool. And I've been also doing it with like getting back into PC building simulator, which doesn't run as well on the deck, but it's still fun. Uh, they need to add a Steam Deck DLC to that. Come on. That's got to happen. Yeah. Come on. Let me fix a, a Steam Deck. Um, and uh, Power Wash Simulator, which is the most cathartic game ever made. Um, I just finished cleaning like a playground on it. And that took about four hours in total to do across <laughs> a few days. Um, and then I went, oh, I've got to do an house now. I'll just have a look and see what sort of house it is and how dirty it is. I went, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll just do that garage door. It's there. It's right in front of me. Oh, I've cleaned a bit of the wall as well around it. Oh, I'll just finish off that wall. Oh, oh, and I've done this bit. And then by the time I realised I'd spent another hour and done half the house. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like, it's got that to it. It's just like, it's just wonderful. There's no point to it whatsoever. Uh and the reason I wanted to pick it up again and what's got me into these is they've just added Croft Manor into the um, oh. into Power Wash Simulator. So you can go and clean like Croft Manor. And, oh, cool yeah. Also, why is Lara Croft letting it get to such a state? She's got help. Yeah, I know, right? Hasn't, but, she, anyway, got, hasn't yeah. she got Rimmer from uh, Red Dwarf? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but if, that was know, a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he could do anything he wants. Because he's Rimmer, Rimmer, Arnold Rimmer. That's right. More reliable than a garden streamer. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to be fair, I think the garden looks pretty tidy. So, you know, wheelhouse and everything. He knows what he's doing. Um, and Indeed. it will lead on to something in the Steam Next Fest episode. Because I played a game based on all that sort of stuff as well, which is really good. But I also got back into Assemble with Care, which is so lovely. It is one of the loveliest games you will ever play. Um, it kind of takes all the bits of all these simulator games and actually makes a game out of it. A story-led game that's got actually a really nice story to it, but simplifies down the mechanics of fixing things as well to a way that it's enjoyable and you're not... Occasionally with like a car mechanics simulator, you do get frustrated with certain parts. You're like, oh... I've really got to pull apart an entire engine because it says part not discovered. And you're like, I don't know whether it's here or there. So you've now got to pull apart an entire engine. So I do sometimes go to a guide and go, right, what have I actually got to do? Whereas I would like an option in these games where it just goes, look, we'll take off $10 of what you can earn or something like that. But here's exactly what needs to be done. Because you've called in, I don't know, an assistant or someone who can tell you exactly what needs to be done. So you haven't got a hump for stuff. Just little quality of life bits. But a simple care kind of does, gets rid of all that. It just goes, look, it's really simple what you've got to do. It's all in front of you. We're not going to trick you in any sort of way. And it's just, it, it's lovely. Of all of them, it is the best one. But yeah, I've been sort of spending all my time playing those games. And they nice. are an escape from reality by going into reality. It's like Inception <laughs> levels of gaming. 
Yeah, it's really funny, isn't it? I I love these games. I love them in in the sense that I really don't like them and don't play them. <laughs> uh, but, but I absolutely love the fact that they exist. Like it really makes me happy because I know how happy they make people. Yeah. And I think you know some part of it must be because you're able to take charge of an area that you have no knowledge about and actually do it as if it's a job but an enjoyable job yeah and and that's absolutely lovely and i think the the level of care and attention they put into it is 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 really great and it it's true stuff like power washing is dead good fun like it's really good fun i always try and find excuses to do it <laughs> like in my own house not in the house because that would destroy the house but you know <laughs> out in the garden kind of thing it's it's great when you get the opportunity because it's so much fun and yeah uh, you don't but it's so much faff and it's dirty and messy and it takes all the mess out of it and yeah they're, they're brilliant ideas and it's it's expanded gaming in the right kind of direction i think it's it's lovely to see yeah i i i, I totally agree and it's um i don't want a power wash in real life because it's kind of i don't, I don't if i wanted to do a real job i'd do a real job um, and I can't yeah. anyway. Um, I've got too many physical limitations that stop me being able to do that kind of job. But yeah, I you know just the idea of being able to do it because I can and learn all this stuff is just it's just brilliant. I uh, more games like that, and I want to see more jobs like that as well. Um, but given the fair treatment, it's like you've got all these bus simulators, and the idea of a bus simulator is really because I love the train sim games, and the train sim games seem to be a bit more serious and realistic about it and the the bus games seem like budget versions of those or like lol type games like it's hilarious um <laughs> i want to see that kind of level of attention given to other areas you know i'm more than happy to see a taxi driver simulator where you gradually lose your mind uh, you know you, you feel that you're some <laughs> kind of vigilant no, where you you know you've actually got to do around you've got to do a shift and stuff like that and it's got semi-realistic driving mechanics where you can't break speed but i'd be okay with something like that um rather than going the full crazy taxi route um you know there's so many areas of life where there's jobs you might want to try or do and just like you're never going to do them um i mean i don't think anyone wants to do like i don't know t-boy simulator or anything like that but Surgeon Simulator is a good game, don't get me wrong, but it tries to be funny. Yeah. I'd quite like to see a serious version of that. Yeah. In using the car mechanic simulator like type idea where, okay, you've got to perform a surgery type and you're this type of surgery, it's heart surgery or something like that. And you do, you get marks on there and you have to maybe drag your mouse or you control or perform actions at certain areas and it does the things for you um, and all stuff like that rather than the, oh, look at all the limbs flailing about type stuff, which is fine. But yeah, I want to see more serious base simulator games. I want to cut people open, Stu. I know you do. I, I know you do. That's why I've been in touch with the police, you know, in the past yeah. because it's, uh, I think you need to be on some sort of a register. But yeah, it's um, I I like as I said, I like all the concept of it. What I'd like to see, because I think this would be great, and we've we've talked about it in the past briefly, and it's bringing in AR, you know, actual reality thing. Yes, I I think there's a real, I, I, it could be a real massive leap forward in gaming. So like when you said you're playing 
you know the car mechanic simulator and the item is flagged it, it's colored you know it, it's lit up it's telling you which part it is you could make that a reality you know you could have your pair of google glasses <laughs> or whatever they come up with next and you want to replace a carburetor and it just highlights what a carburetor is and then it highlights in red what you shouldn't touch and green the part that you need to unscrew and in amber the part that will come next you know do all of that and you can make a game of that if you wanted to as well you know you could you could do it so that um you know like cooking um you could have a thing where you the game has a load of recipes and you unlock recipes by successfully doing other recipes in real life you know um and yeah, so there's there's a real market for that, and I think that could be the next step, the next generation of that kind of idea. Yeah, uh, but it's the video game industry, so they'll do microtransaction based plastic tat instead. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, they'll have like gaming, uh, like cutlery and cooking implements that you have to buy, you know, and they are FID tagged to your headset and all this shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, yeah, it might not be in our lifetime, show, but I think, yeah, we will see that down the line, something like that. Yes, and, please. Yeah, anything, anything that adds to fun. Do you know what? Great. Um, talking okay. of fun, before we actually shut up completely um, for this, I just want to touch on Nintendo Direct last night. I didn't realise it was on, so this is why it's been shoehorned in quite quickly. Yeah. Boy, that was a Direct. Yeah, blimey. Did yeah. you see it? I didn't watch it live, but I've seen there's about... What did they announce? About 30 games or something? Yeah. So, a few of them not really that fussed about. Um, just going to touch on a couple of the major ones. Uh, Metroid Prime uh, remastered. Uh, not the trilogy, unfortunately. They missed a the trick there. So, honestly, the best version is still Metroid Prime Trilogy via uh, Prime Hack. Um, however, I did pick up the game properly, but I've not played it on a Switch. I've played it on my Steam Deck. And it runs flawlessly at 60 frames per second. Lovely. Excellent. Okay. I mean, there's literally, you've just got to get up. So it does require a bit of a tinkering. So like Joe Daly got my sort of like Steam Deck and I'm not playing much with it to do anything other than play games. He's not going to be able to get much done with this, but they probably haven't got Yuzu anyway. Um, it, you you do need to get power tools up and turn off SMT and then you've got to load up Yuzu and set it to docked mode uh, because in handheld mode it's 30 frames per second on the Switch uh, in docked mode you get a full 60 um, and yeah that's just brilliant nice um, and it's it's just yeah it's, the new controls work really really well um, so yeah I've, I've got the game but I played it completely on my Steam Deck um, Nintendo what you need to start doing is actually embracing something like Yuzu. Um, you could sell Yuzu and sell your games to people and people would buy them on other systems. Just saying. Well, that's true. Um, that is true. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. He's got a release date again. Um, so that's coming. That's really nice to see. Um, the biggest bombshell for me, though, and the one that is like this... I actually want to switch again. I'm very tempted to get a switch like when it's announced a date and stuff like that what down switch? the line. Professor Layton. There's a new Professor Layton yes. coming. Yes. Yeah. I was like, yep. Yeah. I want a switch. Yeah, um, it looks great. It just does look so, so good. Um, and yeah, there's just like like loads of bits coming out. And there's um, a Battleman Network Collection. Battleman? Mega Man. Battle Network Collection. <laughs> Battleman. That's like your Poundland version, though. It is. Um, and it's still better than Mighty Number no. Nine. 
yeah, that's coming out. That's coming out on Steam. I think they announced like Etrian Odyssey. That's coming out on Steam. Probably minus the Switch tax. It's seventy-two pounds on Switch. Apparently, the Etrian what? Odyssey collection. Oh. Seventy-three pounds. Oh no, no, um, no. Zelda. If people care about it. Yes, I, I do. Don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like yeah. I like it. Honestly, I've never had... See, this is the visceral reaction to things. I know people lose their shit over Zelda. And I'm like, yeah, they're good. It's all right. Because I have to be the opposite for some reason to everyone else. <laughs> Edgelord. I can't help myself. Um, but yeah, loads of good stuff. Um, Pikmin. I didn't get excited over Pikmin. I wasn't that fussed over Pikmin. No. Because it just looks like more Pikmin. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it looks all right, yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff looks all right. A lot of it is not for me, but I'm very impressed by that. It's taken them such a long time. I think they probably suffered with the COVID restrictions a lot more yeah. than the West did, and it's taken time. But, yeah, some really I good stuff. I did get angry, though, at Pikmin. Why? For no other reason. They've got a, like, a dog-like character. Yeah. right. And I thought it was a pig. And I went, Pikmin! Ah. And it, they, it's a dog, and it barked, and they didn't call it Pigmin. They need to redo that game from scratch and have that character a pig, so they can call it a Pigmin. That's a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. So, sorry everyone, we're going to delay your game just because I want it to be a Pigmin, not a dog. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, very good indeed. And when we've picked some of them games up, because some of them are available now, like you said with Metroid, we'll definitely be covering them as well. Yes, yes, definitely. But yeah, it was a brilliant direct. Um, even as someone who doesn't have a Switch at the moment that they play, it's um, it was absolutely brilliant. And it's like, got, I was excited watching it. <laughs> so I was excited for everyone else as well who was excited. So again, I was really happy for the people that saw the games they wanted. And yeah, but Professor Layton's coming. Yay, I love That's, that game. Yeah. Uh, but on that, I'm, I'm going to shut up now because we've got to record another episode and we... I dragged this one out too long. I'm sorry, Stu. So I'm going to shut up now. I'll forgive you. So yes, make sure you tune into the special about Steam Next Fest. Even if you're not into Steam at the moment, it's definitely worth listening to if you've got any interest in computer gaming. And other than that, follow us on all the socials and we will speak next week. Stay safe and stay sane.